The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. You're listening to Pure Rock Radio. Feed your addiction. Tonight's episode of Radioactive Metal is dedicated to the memory of warlord guitarist William Samus. Hello, this is Per Viberg, and you're listening to Radioactive Metal. Active Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a spiritual episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 655, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron, and dear listeners, this episode, like every episode, is brought to you by the great, great metal people at True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com, the hottest, the blackest, the most metal coffee out there. I, I hate when I build myself up and then like I lose my train of thought. I'm like, darn it. Really, like, even though like I can't apparently get through this, you should still buy Truco Coffee because one, they're great people. They support this show and they're metal. Like, this isn't like somebody slapping a logo on something. Like who is the who is the newest partnership? Did you see that one, Snowy? Oh, um, it's it's the girl from Cradle of Filth. From Cradle of Filth, uh, Je- Jezebel Diva. Yes, yeah, yeah. So they have a limited run collaboration with her. So this isn't somebody who's like, oh yeah, let's let's get Metallica to put their logo on our coffee and we'll sell it. Like no no no, these are guys who love coffee, right? Like they really love coffee. Mm-hmm. Pre COVID, they were doing pop up coffee bars all over you know their hometown. Because they just love coffee and they love making coffee, right? So you've got that going on. And then when they go do collaborations, they're not looking for like, what's the big mainstream act that's going to draw the most attention? They're like, nope. What's somebody cool? Like who's somebody cool? Who do cool we like? Yeah. That we really dig that you know, we could partner with and do something fun, right? And that's what you get when you get True Cult Coffee. So 
order today, right? Go out there to truecoatcoffee.com, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T coffee.com. Subscribe, because not only will you not run out of coffee, you will get not one, but two great bands every month, occasionally three. And um, you'll know like those bands because we typically like to uh, feature them in our other metal segment here, sponsored by True Cult, the Mandatory Metal. So mm-hmm. that's that. It's metal. It's coffee. You need it. Go get it. Hugs and kisses, Aaron. All right. Snowman, what's <laughs> going on? Well, we went full on once again with our True Cavalt coffee. That's, you know, Thursday nights, as we mentioned last episode, is kind of date night in Snowy Manor living room. We, we, we make a pot of this and we put on some cool records and just just enjoy. This time round, this week, after we made a wicked pot of that incantation tribute to the goat True Cavalt coffee, um, I had bought a new record. I'm going to be touching upon. I, I, I ended up taking a couple trips to the record shop just by virtue of the day that we are uh, we're getting to this episode. Um, one of the records that I picked up was this really cool spoken word sound effects um, record depicting the Sleepy Hollow and Rip Van Winkle stories narrated by Boris Karloff. Wow. It was something was up to else. Yeah, yeah. So as Mrs. Snowy and I were glued once again, just like the old War of the Worlds record that we did a couple weeks back. Once again, we were glued to the quote-unquote radio, old-time radio, okay, with our coffee, and we absolutely loved it. And we decided, okay, every Halloween, you know, leading up to Halloween in late October, this this is when we're pulling this record out because it's just it's just well, it's Sleepy Hollow, Headless Horseman. Hell yeah, oh, great stuff. So yeah, yeah. So like, obviously, True Cavalt Coffee is the coffee of choice in you know Snowy Manor. Unfortunately, right now though, not unfortunately, but I got the Lemmys. Going in my Motorhead mug. Um, so we're going to be kicking this episode off on the right foot with a cool tune, courtesy of True Cavalt Coffee, in our mandatory metal segment. The new trauma record, Acrimony, is available now from Self Made God. So I chose a track from that. This is the aforementioned trauma with internal sacrifice.
first of all, before we get into anything, I want to say happy anniversary, my friend. Hey, thanks, man. How long has it been? How long has it been now? So, we were literally just doing the math the other day. And the hard part is, is that we met in an even year. We got married in an even year. So then... I do the like I always mess up the math between how long we've been together and how long we've been married. I think I believe we've been married seventeen years. Wow. Okay. And, and how how long have you been together? Well, like, if we've been married seventeen, then we've been together nineteen. But if we've been married nineteen, then we've been together twenty one. So that's right. where that's where I get into trouble. But I think I think it's nineteen together, twenty no shit, seventeen married. <laughs> so what what is and don't don't give any. Yeah too much personal information but what what day do you guys acknowledge like your wedding day or the day you started dating we used to celebrate the day we started dating all the time it was the 11th okay um and and then we you know it became the wedding day like once Mm -hmm. we got married all right no that's that's fair it's just because there i'm just okay because there wasn't that much time between like you guys are only dating for two years yeah there was 10 years for Mrs. Snowy and I before we put it on paper and all that. So we've always acknowledged, you know, the day we said we are official, we are, in a, you know, we're not yeah. seeing anyone else. We're not. And that that is the day. I believe that, that was third period French, right? Is that how the story <laughs> it was, goes? It was in high school. Yes, it was in high school. That blows a lot of people away. When they when they hear, wow, you've been together since high school, you know, and you're 50 now, and she and hasn't it, had to hide your body anywhere yet. Yeah, that's yeah, good. that's that. That was that was going to be my next question. You've been with been with Mrs. Aaron all this time, and she hasn't killed you yet either. I know, right? What's your secret? <laughs> I know. Well, I've been. <laughs> I I wish I I wish I could do this smoother, but I wanted to quote the um, the Princess Bride and be like, well, I've been slowly building up an immunity to arcane poison. <laughs> There we are. There we are. I think every married man listening to this right now is going, that's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're, we're sitting down today. We got home and we're just kind of chilling before I start cooking dinner and things. And we're watching a show and um, it's like one of those reality house hunting shows. And the woman is clearly like making all the decisions. And my son's in this like, well, why doesn't she ask his opinion? I'm like, trust me. <laughs> Your opinion is her opinion if you want a happy marriage. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, well, for me, yeah. like, I give Mrs. Snowy, like, 80%, 90% of whatever, she, whatever, okay? That way I'm guaranteed the 10% because I only want 10%, okay? So if I give her 90, that way I'm guaranteed for whatever it is I want, and there's no arguing. I mean, you have 90% of it. You want 10% argument over. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, they say marriage is 50-50. No, that's why marriage is 50. The divorce rate is 50%. Yeah. You know, it's I've never I've never believed that. You should make it 60-40 if you want your marriage to last and all that. You know, you know what we got to do one of these times, okay? Huh. Like we sh- we should start a a relationship advice program. <laughs> And all that because I like I okay yeah it's I'm kind of being t- tongue in cheek, so but sorry. I think I could do it. I think I'm qualified. Everyone with their fancy degrees <laughs> and their pieces of paper they got you know in a, in a in a fancy school that doesn't mean shit. If you're you know been married thirty two years, 
I, I think you can talk and, you know, so something to think about, something to think about. Um, before we get into our metafix, and this is kind of somewhat related because I finally saw Wonder Woman 1984 yes. last, last night on my last trip out to the record shop i stopped at the cd place as well and i grabbed the uh i i grabbed the blu-ray and the reason i'm bringing this up is um i remember a little while back okay when the movie was first hitting theaters and there was this so-called controversy regarding you know there was there was this brief scene with some punk rockers in 1984 with a crow mags shirt on Okay, do you recall this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that chrome egg shirt went whoo right by. You barely, you barely yeah. even, you blink and it was missed. And it was such a big fucking deal because it's like, well, it's, it's 1984 and that, that shirt, you know, was the record that came out afterwards. And it's like, oh, really, people? You know, and just for it to hardly have, you know, like not even a second screen time, it was just, I, I rolled my eyes. Normally it's Mrs. Snowy rolling her eyes about shit I'm doing. I was the eye roller last night, though. I was just, well, oh, really? Here's the best part about people freaking out about that. <clears throat> um, the reason that shirt made it to the movie is because the director wanted to feature the Cro-Mags because she was a fan and she's friends with... John Joseph. So well, there you go. Yeah. John Joseph gave her the t-shirt. Right on, right on. So this means that Patty Jenkins is a sister, eh? Yeah. She's 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 down with the gang here. Yeah. Right on. Right? And, right and, on. But I mean, like for everyone who's upset, so you're gonna argue with John Joseph? No, not in the least. Like, I've been in the man's presence. If there's some guy I ain't arguing with, <laughs> I, it it'd be one thing, like if it was like the uh, the We Summon the Darkness, where they shot it in Winnipeg and didn't consult you and could have gotten like more real looking T-shirts. Oh, it, definitely. You know, but but this is something where this is as legit as it gets, right? Mm -hmm. This this would be like you know, <clears throat> like like somebody's like you know what. Well, you know, this is honestly, this is like Cannibal Corpse being featured in Ace Ventura Pet Detective because, um, you know, Jim Carrey likes Cannibal Corpse. Right. You know, like, yeah. like it's legit. It's not like they, they, oh, you know what? You know what's going to really get people to come see this movie? We'll put a Cro-Mags t-shirt in there. Nobody's <laughs> that, thinking that. That'll bring in all those nerds. Yeah. 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 yeah Nobody's thinking that. It's there because they're like, yeah. I fucking love this. I was in the Chrome Mags in 84, you know, like, mm -hmm. like nobody was concerned about, is it the exact same t-shirt? It was the point, like, uh, I don't know. We're, we're getting upset at the wrong things here. We should be like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think singing so. our praises, yeah. you know, for sure. 1984. I loved Wonder Woman and I loved the Chrome Mags. And now fast forward all these years, I love Wonder Woman and I love the Chrome Mags, any version and all that. Hey, so, Hey, can't argue with that. What's uh, what's going on with your mental fix, my friend? All right, man. So let's see here. So the only thing I can really recall this week, and this has been one of those weeks, is I was listening to a podcast with Dean Del Rey. And I can't remember if I sent it to you. I feel like I might have sent it to you. Um, but he interviewed this dude called Christian James Hand. And he's a studio guy. And I mean, he was a drummer and, you know, touring musician. And then he started doing mixes. 
And so he gets in the studio and basically he started collecting like the stems, right? And don't anybody ask me how to, to explain what stems are other than it's something to do with the tracks collected. I still don't understand it because I approach recording the same way I approach recording on my tape four track. Like you've got this amount of tracks, don't fuck up, right? That's, that's essentially my the extent of my knowledge right that's mm-hmm. that's how i do it you know it's just a big digital tape machine for me so anyway he gets the stems and he can break down the mix that way right so he does these shows quote unquote where he'll pick a song or two and you know the audience will help him call stuff out but then they'll just go and like mix these songs but then like solo tracks so um it's the last 30 minutes of the christian james hand interview if anybody's like anxious but the first thing they do is acdc's let there be rock okay dude you want to talk about getting fucking chills (laughs) just chills Mm -hmm. right so they they you know they're bringing everything up and then they start soloing bon scott's vocal Anybody who says he's not a great singer really needs to go listen to that episode and you're going to hear a power you don't hear in probably 90% of the singers on the airwaves today. Right? I mean, this guy could do it. Like, like, And that's what, like, Dean's a huge ACDC fan, so that's why they picked that one. And they're listening to it and they're talking about it and he's like, listen to that vibrato. He's like, listen to that vibrato, right? And so they go through that... Um, I, I I wish I could remember everything they did because everything they played, I was like, shit, this is amazing. Like, and just you know, they're pulling it, pulling tracks down, bringing stuff up. It's like, like you're you're just like, I mean, and I mean for anyone who's listened to the show, like like Snowy and I, we are crazy music fans. That's why we do this, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're really a fan of music, like like I just do, just chill. Like the hairs of my arm standing up, you know. And then he's like, okay, he's like, check this out. He's like, Lemmy is a god. And it's it's funny because like you know he's all over the map with the music, but you don't get to hear a lot of other people say this. You know he's like Lemmy's a god. He's like, when I get my TV show, I will have a shrine to Lemmy, and that everybody will come and pay homage to. It's like they'll kneel down and pray before we get started with the show. You know, mm-hmm. and they he has the stems for the Ace of Spades. Oh, and he's like he's like you gotta listen to this. The, the the space tone he's like cause, and he's quizzing dean like you could tell he was a serious fan because that uh, because dean dean knew lemmy dean was at you know a lot of lemmy's birthday parties in la that kind of stuff you know and, but he's like dude do you know what his his bass rig was he's like well i knew it was a marshall he's like it was a marshall guitar amp he's like do you know what it's called he's like no i can't remember he's like it's murder one i mean dude like this guy was a super fan i'm like okay okay this is cool right and he is just, you could just hear the joy as he's like soloing all the different tracks in the Ace of Spades. It, it just, it's amazing. Like it's, I mean, you guys should listen to the whole interview because it's really, I mean, it's Dean Del Rey, man. Like, like I haven't heard the man do a bad interview yet. Well, one, it was Ingve Malmsteen and it wasn't Dean's fault. Yngwie wasn't Dean his won. fault, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. whose fault that is. Yeah, Ingve yeah. just pretty much sucks as an interview. <clears throat> so, um, but... Like Dean just kills at interviewing, and this is no exception, man. Like they're in the studio together, so this. Oh, oh, and there's the best part. So you know, Dean's a huge ACDC fan, and every year except for this past year with COVID, um, 
he would do an ACDC tribute show, which I was going to go to before COVID happened and I missed, and that's a whole other thing. And I'm still kicking myself for it, but, um, he's like, he's like, pull up, uh, let there be rock again, dude. I would have sworn that they were punking us because Dean sounded dead on like, uh, like Bon Scott. And if wow. he hadn't changed up one of the words or just changed up the delivery a little bit, I would have been like, okay, bullshit. Like that's the same track. And it, it was killer. It was just so killer. Like it's just, it's, it's so good. And I follow this guy on Instagram now. Cause I want, I want to see his shows. He's been doing Instagram shows. So I like, I really want to get in there and like watch these shows and see, see more like what he's doing. Cause it, it's not, it, it's not about like, Oh, I'm going to teach you to mix or Oh, listen, to this is like, like, no, here is great music. Here is, here's the music that spawned everything you hear today oh i know he had a james brown tune i think he had funky drummer okay and that was one of the ones he's like he's like check this out he's like you're gonna hear james say and i can't remember what he says i think he says like give the drummer something something like that he's like you're gonna hear james say that listen to what happens he's gonna lean into it just a little bit more he's like that is the sample on every fucking hip-hop record you've ever heard <laughs> you know he's like right here this is where it starts. And like, I'm listening to the drums. They are the cleanest drums I've ever heard in my life. I like just the, the timing. Like, like and, and the thing is like, I don't think they ever used a click track, right? Because like, have we ever had the story um, about James Brown and the Blues Brothers movie? Have we talked about that? Mm, it sounds familiar. Okay. I know. I know. We we have spoken about the Blues Brothers on this show. The, the Blues Brothers, like, is literally the movie that like kind of changed my life with music and car chases, chases, right? And so, in that movie, James plays the Reverend Cleophas James, and they're the Triple Rock. And I always wondered why his his track just sounded a little bit different than all the other music. And the reason was James can't lip sync. Like he couldn't lip sync. He couldn't lip sync. And it was his fucking track. He couldn't lip sync to his own stuff because he doesn't do the same thing twice. It's James Brown. It's a new yeah. performance every time, man. And so like they had to basically record his take live. So they recorded him singing live when they, when they filmed it. Like that's what they did. He lip synced his live track. Yeah, he had to. He had to because, because like like he couldn't lip sync to his own music, and wow. so like so he made it live to to like uh, you know background tape, uh, which I think is fantastic. So like you hear James in there, and so I mean so so knowing that and knowing what a force of nature James Brown is, this drummer really has his work cut out for him, and dude, he was like the atomic clock. Oh my goodness! Like again, like I just I get chills talking about this man. Like it was it was so great. And because I mean, you know, like we talk about metal on this show, but it, I think it's been pretty well documented. I love, you know, just about everything. Yeah, I just mm -hmm. like good music, you know. And I mean, you're the same way, you know. For sure. You know, we don't we don't talk talk about it often, but but like we just enjoy good music. That's what we like about this shit, you know. And just oh, dude, to, to hear like oh, like it just I still get chills thinking about it. It's great. But anyway, so everybody should check that out. James, no, I'm sorry, Christian James Hand. Find him on Instagram. Um, ah, oh, dude, it's just great, great stuff. But yeah, that's really all I got, man. What's going on with you? Right on, right. Well, you know, your anniversary and all that. Once again, congratulations. So obviously, you had a lot of other things going on. Um, 
Myself, though, like I said, at the top of the hop, I actually hit the record stores a couple times here. So I'm not going to get into every little thing that I picked up, just kind of some of the highlights here. But I'm really stoked about this Tribute to Capitalist Casualties compilation tribute album that Rotten to the Core Records just dropped our... um, our, Radioactive Metal alum from a couple episodes ago, Brad from Iron Ear Control, he brought in a couple um, editions of that. And it's like, save me one, for sure, for sure, because, you know, Capitalist Casualty is fantastic. Very influential band, and as you'll recall, probably about a year and a half ago, we lost vocalist Sean Elliott. Yeah. We, we dedicated the show to him, and we talked about that tribute show at one of the uh, clubs where in between bands, all they played was capitalist casualties music in, in between sets. And, and I, when like, okay, it's grindcore already. It's political grindcore, but man, it still tugs at the heartstrings in a situation like that. And this record kind of did as well. Just a fantastic lineup of uh really cool of both both established for what it's worth okay uh, both established grindcore and hardcore bands and some lesser known bands that i hadn't heard of including radioactive metal alum clitorati sick tired yeah yeah copsay um falsa doom plf mass grave all sorts of really wicked hardcore and grindcore paying tribute to this great guy yeah for sure for sure and a bunch of names that we're going to have on as well like pretty much every band that i mentioned in this metal fix now that i go over this it's like we've had them on or it's you know a bucket list band that i do want to have on including drop dead i grabbed their you know a new copy of their latest record drop dead prelude 2020 whatever whatever you want to call it and of course we had we had paul from drop dead when i spoke to him from uh at the quebec death fest a couple years yeah ago which now okay ah we just got the word that it has been rescheduled quebec death fest in september and our good buddy ducky and i we were making our way you know, the with things were in motion. We we were on our way, but it's been rescheduled. The 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 grindcore festival ear slaughter in Montreal has been rescheduled and all that. Ah, uh, we're so close. You know, I got my first shot. You know, <laughs> we're so yeah. we're so close to the rest of the world. Hey, you know, I was going ask back about to normal. The first shot, saying that by the way. So what what vaccine were you getting? Because I I heard they were pausing one up in Canada. I can't remember I, why. I don't know. I don't I don't know which one it was. I probably should have. But you're doing you're doing one of the two shot ones, right? Yeah. And I think I, can, I think it's everyone. Well, now when's when's your second one? We haven't heard from them yet, but huh. we anticipate hearing, you know, within the next week. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So once you know, once once I'm once that happens, you know, my whole family is 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 ready to go in that in that department. I I just shows are still going to be a while off off here in Canada. I know in the U.S. 
festivals and shows there was that big hardcore festival in new york that raised some eyebrows you know like what's going to happen with with that and all that whether or not it was a good idea for them to do it that's neither here nor nor here nor there my point is like the u.s is moving forward and unfortunately canada we're still you know we're still a little well here let's wait and see until we're all we're all better protected all i want to do is get my both shots so i can get some semblance of a social life yeah again you know just 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 so i can we we can start doing wrestling night in canada our sister show okay at matt's home studio so we can sound a lot better (laughs) and all that so it's just it's just little stuff like that that i'm really looking forward to fortunately Vinyl therapy, as I call it, which is basically going to the record shops as much as you can, buying way too much vinyl and music, (laughs) you know, is kind of getting me through all of that. I picked up a, um, uh, well, it was a re-released version of Iron Maiden's Killers on vinyl. I found it at a really good price at Into the Music, so I snapped that up and... I, I don't know. I don't know if she just she just had a brain fart or Mrs. Snow is just not too familiar with pre Dickinson Maiden, but she didn't really like what's going on. This isn't Maiden, you know. It's like is this the new one? Did they get a new singer? Oh, you know, it's funny. Like I, I'm kind of the same way. Like I know the first two records, but I don't listen to them as much as I listen to Dickinson singing those songs, like on Live After Death. Right. Right. And that's 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 fine. Like it was I discovered Maiden, you know, with with Number of the Beast and I had to go back and all that. Just I'm going to quickly throw this question to you. Yeah. Is is Maiden still new wave of British heavy metal to you or did they stop at some point because they just got too big or not? What's kind of your opinion? Well, I feel like, you know, I, I, honestly, I feel like once you're new Wobbum, you're always new Wobbum. I mean that that's that, that that's your roots, you know. Like, like I look at Metallica. Metallica is, you know, arguably one of the biggest bands in the world, mm-hmm. but they're still an underground tape training band. Are they? They're still Bay Area. Yeah. In your eyes. Yeah, and, and because they still act like it, you know. I mean, like, like interacting with them with this vinyl club, like they they still act like it, like in like an indie band, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't act like a multi-million dollar corporation. And that's how I feel about Maiden. I mean, Maiden is arguably also like a... I, I don't know if we can call them Metallica big, but I feel like they're really close because they don't play small venues. No, they're still playing, they're still playing stadiums. Yeah. yeah. When they travel, they travel with more stuff than Metallica. Right, because they put on a huge stage show. So, the core things that made Maiden Maiden are all still there. You know, even even though they're this insanely huge band, and I mean, like they're internationally known, man. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's great that you can meet so many different people that are into Maiden. But like, I don't know, man. Like they're they're still up there with Diamond Head, you know. I get it. No, that's for sure, for sure. Like especially that that all came flooding back. Like as as soon as the first you know the first op- yeah. opening notes 
of this record like that just it it came flooding back that 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 whole new wave of british heavy metal era it's just like they fit right into that and it was absolutely fantastic it's the same thing you know when you slap on the old girl school records and the old venom records and angel angel witch and bitch of sin and all of those wicked bands from that area er, era yeah really cool stuff as well, I grabbed a uh, final copy of Zabalba's Anos and Infernio. That's a really cool band that I, oh, oh I want to have them on. And I've listened to other podcasts that don't get like the legendary, you know, multi-platinum artists that we've had on over the years. But, you know, when other you know, other podcasts like get bands like that on, and it's just one of those that where I just like Ah, oh, that's when my eyes go green because you know yeah. it's like ah, oh, but I want them on. Well, Snowy, you fucking talk to the Scorpions and Queensrÿche and all that over the years. Yeah, but I want to talk to Zavalva. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because like you said at the top of the hop, we are all music fans, yeah. and that's and that that's what counts. That's why we do this. You know, so super excited as well. Um, you've con you've got to know um, the Canadian thrash death metal band slaughter right we've had the conversation yeah. recently you know about the h h2 up who, who, all who. night sleep <laughs> all day yeah those guys stop that. stop that i'm you know you know what i'm gonna fire you and i'm gonna hire one of the guys from slaughter as you replace <laughs> and and then like you know i'll make sure i get to them first and be like your first show you sing up all night to him be like yeah you know we had our big hit hit in the uh in the late 80s uh. early 90s Oh, the slaughter guys, the Canadian slaughter guys would do that too. Just, I, just, right? just, just, just to get my goat. Because they <laughs> understand humor. That's right. That's right. Well, that amazing Strapato record. Like I, I've had this record like ever since I was a teenager. First, the original vinyl pressing, and then the Warren Music re-release. I have it on CD. Well, I came into possession when uh, our good buddy Ducky received it in the metalhead box he has a subscription to that oh that's and right he got a cassette of strapato okay and he's like well here snow if you want this you know like i have this on on vinyl and on seat on cd and well i don't know Damn, if i'm ever gonna play the cassette <clears throat> so i just said fuck yeah i want it even if i never play it because i have it on the other two formats just to have it you know in in my collection now I'm so excited about. And finally, before we get to um, some records that came across my desk here, speaking about how much we all love music, you have various different forms of subgenres and various different styles. I grabbed a vinyl copy of the Superman 2 soundtrack, the original Christopher Reeves from 1979. Yes. Yeah. Okay, this was absolutely fantastic. And this this record had both of us, Mrs. Snowy and I, just glued to the stereo listening to that. When uh, and it and it kicks off with the main theme from those movies that got established in the first, you know, the whole John Williams score. Okay, you you know how people air guitar? Oh yeah. Okay. I was air conducting. Oh, I was going for air violin, but that's good too. <laughs> I, I I was air conducting. I was being rock and roll John Williams with that song. I'm so proud. When 
when the music just sweeps you away, man, that's that's what it's all about. A couple of really cool song, records that came across my desk. Swedish metal rockers Thunder Mother released a really cool record. Heat I Wave love that name. Last year. Yeah, yeah. And they're a fantastic band as well. Their, um, their record Heat Wave came out last year well this time around they gave the uh they gave the record the deluxe edition okay with some new songs as well and some live stuff and just all those other really cool bonuses and that that's that's a fantastic band that that's that's a great record yeah i want to have them on the show when we can as well uh the latest uh Release from the metallic hardcore band Extinguish came across my desk. Their self-titled EP from Creator Destructor Records. If you like, you know, your hardcore with that with that tinge of metal, which you know, like I love that, obviously. Big time. I was really digging that. And finally, and we're gonna drop a track from this record right now. We want to say hello. And happy birthday as we speak. And congratulations to Radioactive Metal alum Lori Bravo, her of radioact- uh, her of um, nuclear death fame. Well, as you may recall, just about six months ago, we had her on just because of who she is and, you know, of the legendary nuclear death and all that. She mentioned in that interview, this great new record that she was working on yeah. called Bare Bones. And it's called that because it's basically, it's stripped down. It's just her writing, recording, mastering. She did it all herself, did all all the instrumentation herself. And it's just stripped down really powerful music. If you are expecting... You know, Bride of Insect Part 2 or whatever. No, you're not going to get this. But what you are going to get is a double album, almost like two hours of just some absolutely incredible music. Um, So I'm going to um, recommend everyone grab this record. Lori Bravo's Bare Bones. LoriBravo.bandcamp.com it's available now. A happy birthday, my friend. And we're going to get you on the show just as soon as we can. So we're going to drop that record right now. First song, side one from Bare Bones. This is Lori Bravo with Pink Moon. Cause I killed all my tears <laughs> 
From that awesome Capitalist Casualties tribute record, that is Clitorati with their version of Insecurities. That's just a fantastic compilation. And, like, for a, unfortunately, for the reason that it is with us is, you know, very glaringly apparent. But it did give us a lot of really cool tunes and hopefully it'll introduce um if you're fans of some of the bigger bands like like clitorati like yakopse and all that perhaps you'll also um leech on to some of these lesser known bands as well because that's kind of you know there was a new metal massacre compilation record recently released via metal blade and you know going back to those first editions when we were teenagers we discovered a lot of great bands through those compilations and over the years these various tribute albums is where i heard of a lot of bands today which ironically enough kind of brings us to tonight's creature feature i had actually heard of the band opeth in a uh for it was a uh, slayer um no no it was a celtic frost uh tribute record and i'm like who the hell is opeth like here's all these other well-known bands including the mighty slaughter the real slaughter yeah (laughs) okay well who is this opeth well they always kind of stayed on my radar over the years and over those years the band kind of expanded their sound started you know mixing it up and becoming the amazing band that we know today during their heyday during that point you know as they're building up to this amazing band they had one pierre weinberg in the band handling the keyboards okay now if that name doesn't immediately ring a bell well he was you know, this amazing musician within the Opeth ranks, as well as it turns out, he was a uh, live member of Candlemas for a number of years between 2012 and 2019, and is a current member of Spiritual Beggars, the um, the band featuring Mike Michael Amott and Charlie D'Angelo as well. So if... If the name doesn't ring a bell, the pedigree definitely will. And we're going to pound the name Pierre Weinberg into your head because his new solo record is available now. And what a kick-ass title this is. All is well in the land of the living, but the rest of us lights out. Wow. Okay. So when this record came across my desk and I was asked, so do you want to talk to Mr. Weinberg and all that? I'm like, uh, yeah. Especially after giving his wicked solo record. That's so damn cool, It's definitely, yeah, yeah. So uh, we got him on the horn. We sat down. We went over the, the, gave the once over about the new record. And of course we had to dive into that amazing back catalog that the guy is obviously very proud of to get us to that chat let's drop a track from said ep 
This is our chat with Pierre Weinberg within the land of the living. Hey 
to talk about is the dropping May 14th of your new solo EP. I imagine you're uh, pretty excited right now. Yeah, I'm happy about that. I was um, actually at the record label today to pick up uh, the vinyl copies. Mm. So so that was cool. Um, it's always nice to see see the physical product on mm -hmm. something you've been working on for a while i think right right this day and age um i guess vinyl is a thing again yeah that must be something you're excited about as well yeah i am uh, i'm not uh what would you call it i'm f i'm fine with with any type really right uh, I, obviously i grew up with uh vinyl as a mus the music format to go to uh, i don't have a problem with buying cds either uh, i think that's it works fine with me mm -hmm. uh, and then we have the digital uh, as well so i don't think there's a good or a, or a bad one as such um, i'm very fond of the physical products since i do uh, quite a lot of uh, freelance work doing album covers and merch and stuff like that as well right on right on well you're definitely a jack of all trades fantastic <laughs> fantastic why a um why is there any rhyme and reason behind a solo ep right now the i guess it's the release date has been pushed back to you know what um um, the intention was that to have it out maybe like last late last year so and I wanted to try and get gigs together mm -hmm. um, but that didn't happen it's it's been finished since September basically oh, okay. uh, and uh, even so my, my first solo album was released in 19 and I hadn't decided uh, decide yet if I wanted to you know do more than just playing a few gigs or the odd festival or whatever but I didn't really think of it as a as a touring commitment as such but after a while I thought why not so then then I sort of came up with the suggestion to the label that I can do I can do an EP um, before the next full length 
and I'll try to get some gigs together for that. And then uh, COVID hit uh, hit the world, and so I didn't have to think so much about live work for a while. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's everyone. I know it's. A... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same for everyone. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it is no. what it is. I'm I'm super happy that it's being released now. So that's that's really cool. You know. For sure. For sure. And it sounds fantastic. Um, Thank you. Maybe describe because probably the majority of my listeners would be would know you from some of your previous outfits as well. But maybe kind of describe in your own words, you know, your sound for the CP. I think uh, it's a continuation of the first album. Uh, it's it's a way for me to to work and with. Uh, a lot of influences or music that have influenced me my whole life but maybe I haven't had the opportunity to to use so much in 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 the bands that maybe people know me from like spiritual beggars and opus and Kamchatka and I, I mean I played with Candlemas a lot as well so so this is this is kind of um, a really cool way of being cre creative and and try for me new things uh, so it's it's basically a mishmash of, of lots of different stuff that I've listened to and through the years and like anything from uh, 70s crowd uh, rock some progressive stuff to alternative and noise rock um, and I think the challenge is to blend them, blend all of that so it sounds, what would you call it, coherent. Mm -hmm. So right on, right on. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I gave it a spin. It's some fantastic stuff, for sure, for sure. You, the name of the album, All Is Well in the Land of the Living, But the Rest of Us Lights Out. Wow, like that is quite the title. <laughs> where, um, who was, what's the who, where, when, and why behind that amazing name? That was um, <clears throat> a line, that was the first um, lyric line I came up with when I started uh, working on the lyrics. And also, I, I set out to write you know, like one long song. So I would say that I still think of it as as one long song in four sections, more than four separate songs, so to speak. Right. And all the lyrics are based on a track from the first album, which is called Anywhere the Blood Flows. So when I started writing this, and thought of it or as a long song I liked that story from that song and it felt like I could continue exploring that and uh, this this title that was those were the first words I came up with and then when 
after a while I thought that okay I'll divide this so this will be the name for each part because if you look at the EP it's it's if you divide that into four sections that that are also the track titles mm-hmm. did um is the I like play, playing this EP live you could you could do it all together as one as well yeah all the songs go into each other so to speak um, I could um, I haven't I mean obviously playing live is is mostly just a dream at the moment mm-hmm. <laughs> so so but it's definitely something to think about when the, when I have the chance to play it live absolutely Right on, right on. Well, we'll definitely be looking for that, and hopefully, when when the world gets back to normal, I'm here in the middle of Canada. Okay. Hopefully, yeah, you can make your way. You can make your way across here. That would be really cool. Um, you mentioned some of the artists that you've worked with in the past, and I know my listeners would be like, oh, why didn't you ask them about this? Why didn't you ask them about this? <laughs> so they'd probably want to know mostly about um, your time with Candlemass. Okay, were you, were you I guess that was from 12 to 19? Were yes. you Were you an official member, or no. is it live? It was uh, mostly live. No, I, I was I was a live member. Uh, it was a bit um, when when Leif asked me, uh, he they asked me to play keyboards in the band, mm-hmm. and and I did that from uh, from twelve to fourteen, and Leif uh, got ill and couldn't tour. So then I filled in for him on bass and and they stopped using a keyboard player after I switched to bass, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So so I played bass with Candlemas between 14 and uh, um, 19, you could say. Right, right. Were you friends with them going in or, f- or were you a fan or like what was your relationship with them at first? Yes, they've been uh, long-time friends. First and foremost, Le- uh, Leif, which I've known since the the eighties, oh. uh, and also, I mean, Kalmas were one of the bands, the Swedish metal bands that I grew up on. So it was uh, it was very easy for me to rehearse the music with them since it's it's stuff that i've been listening to my whole life basically well that helps so, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so so e- easy job in that respect <laughs> definitely right on right on and um as well your work with opeth as well my listeners would probably want to know a few things about that um i imagine you know it was an experience you enjoyed I did, yes. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm very proud of the years that I spent with the band. Um, I mean, obviously, they're still going. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I had a good time. It was, it was um, 
in a sense like the same uh, situation as when I got asked to play keyboards in Candlemas, like musically speaking, because uh, neither one of the bands had used keyboards before. So, so then you have to sort of, uh, I don't know, go overboard with with uh, things. Uh, and and it was the same when I started playing with Opus. It's uh, first first I I toured with them for a, a year basically as a session dude and live musician. Uh, and after that, they asked me if I wanted to be in the band. So so as much as as much for me as as for the band, it, it was good to have that year and and try different stuff mm-hmm. things out. You know to see what worked and what wouldn't work and then when it was time for the first album to for me uh, the first album for me to do with them it, it it was a lot easier because we knew each other uh both musically and you know as mm-hmm. as people so yeah yeah we definitely have to congratulate opeth on all of their success i remember the first time that and i believe this was before you had joined but they did a um they contributed a song on a Celtic Frost soundtrack. Yeah. Or a, a tribute. <laughs> and they sounded much different then as they do now. Yeah. As well. Do you think you contributed a lot to that? Uh, I mean Michael is the songwriter so uh, he he writes the words and the music so Opus will go you know where where he's got where he feels like they are going so to speak i mean he steers the ship uh, creatively so yeah. i i think it's he's he's got a he's he's a big music nerd i think i'm a big music nerd and, and the rest of the guys who plays in in opus these days they're also uh, you know big music fans so it would be I think Opus is definitely not a band that would benefit from doing the same album over and over. Right. Uh, I think it's it's a it's a band that need to change constantly. Uh, I think that's what it's all about for Michael as well to find new ways of presenting his his vision and and so on. I think I think it's pretty cool. I think it's it's cool to to have a band for you know almost 30 years and and still be curious about music and where you can go with it mm-hmm. uh, that's super cool in my opinion yeah yeah it's definitely the sign of a musician when you just said almost 30 years it's like oh that's right it's hard to believe like yeah the years are going by too fast my friend we got to slow down here <laughs> yeah yeah well and finally i'll let you get on with your day but um my listeners will also want to know the current status of spiritual beggars i imagine they're still a thing and you're on board yes uh but there's no there's no plans or activity at all at at the moment right um we did we did quite a lot of things for within you know like from 2010 until 16 
released three studio albums, uh, live album and reissued stuff with uh, bonus material and, and toured on every album as well, which, I mean, it was pretty intense considering that every guy in the band also do other bands. So, right. so and, and since then, it's, it's been very low key. Uh, obviously, Mike and Charlie, they have Arch Enemy and Charlie is in Night Flight Orchestra as well. And Ludwig, who plays drums, is in Grand Magus. And yeah, everyone is pretty busy anyway. Yeah, that's probably the best thing to do is this, you know, idle hands are the devil's playground. So, yeah, it's best we all keep a little busy. Um, When was the yeah. last time you spoke to Michael? Ooh, uh, in person a couple of weeks ago, I think. Oh, that's good. We we're on the phone a lot. <laughs> well, that's so, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So no, we talk we talk to each other uh, very often, if not in person via mail and text. So.
a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. When it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. Check us out. Head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. There are only three good things you need in life. Sex, beer, and pure rock.
That was the aforementioned Thunder Mother from that um, Heat Wave Deluxe Edition with The Road Is Over. The Road Is Ours, <laughs> I'm sorry, I should say. And I chose that record not only because they're, they're a killer band, as you just heard, but they are Swedish. They are Swedish. Sweden. Swedish, yes. Just like before that, that was some live a candle mass with Crystal Ball from the 2007 re-release Epic Epic Dumicus Metallicus release, which I'm sure you know that's one of those debut records. Of- Okay, that you heard back in the day that you knew Candlemas were going to be something special when you first heard that record, and it definitely worked out. So yeah, the road or heat wave from Thunder Mother. Be sure to run out and grab that as well. Like I said, available right now, courtesy of tonight's creature feature. That's Mister Per Weinberg. All is well in the land of the living, but the rest of us lights out. Fantastic record. And you can tell just by hearing that song and the rest of this EP and through this interview, like this guy, he is a musician's musician. You know, for sure, for sure. Like this isn't like this isn't rock and roll, um, beer drinking, grab grab a case in your buddies and watch strippers music. This is musicians music and it is very evident in that. So fantastic stuff. Speaking of maiden. Yeah. As we spoke about a little bit earlier, but no, you know what? Before that, I promised myself before I got into it, because I think everyone knows where we're going. I want to start off positive. And I want to congratulate the Go-Go's for for getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Because that is a band that definitely deserves it. I've been a Go-Go's fan since the very first record. And even after, you know, they, they had their time in the sun, they split... But I just remained a fan. Their their reunion record, which was like 10 years ago now, and their live reunion DVD and all that, I still love that stuff. And I'm just, the the documentary, the Go-Go's documentary on H- HBO was absolutely fantastic last year. We'll recall we talk about that. It's an amazing band. Very influential within at least the hardcore punk scene as well, because the Go-Go's had their strong roots within the alley punk scene. Oh, yeah. Well, they have been brought, they have been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And this I didn't know. Okay. They were congratulated by the Alternative Tentacles records saying, we have someone in the Hall of Fame because Jane Wadelin apparently put out a uh, put out a solo record on alternative tentacles last year and i said Rock holy on. shit i didn't i didn't even know that yeah. yeah isn't how cool that is so you want to talk about punk cred okay right there right there if you're going to put out a record on alternative tentacles you got something going on so congratulations horns up to the go-go's 
Now, not so much <laughs> my as you might have said, might have figured out, you know, my mood has significantly changed because for some reason, despite being one of the most influential bands ever of any genre, still playing stadiums, still creating, you know, fantastic new music, Maiden got snubbed again in the for <laughs> for the Hall of Fame. And it's just every year. Really? Really? Like what the hell is it going to take? You know, like what's going through your head with that? Well, so so who are the, who are the ones that made it? And I I should have had this pulled up. Like oh. I, I feel Well, we we got the Go-Go's and I guess horns up to the Foo Fighters as well. Right. Plus Jay-Z, Carol King, Todd Todd Rundgren and Tina Turner so, as well. Boys, oh, it sorry. wasn't Jay-Z. It was uh, LL yeah. Cool J. No, it's Jay-Z. I got no, it right here. No, no, no. I thought it was LL oh, yeah. Cool J. Oh, no, no, no. Additionally, LL Cool J, Billy Preston, and Randy Rhodes will receive the Musical Excellence Award. Okay. I, I almost forgot that. Congratulations and horns up, you know, to the, the gone but not forgotten Randy Rhodes for, you know, they gave their, they're giving him his definite due. I don't exactly know what the Musical Excellent Awards is, but it sounds cool. <laughs> well, I, I wonder if like that's kind of what they were doing when they were inducting Sidemen. Like, I think it was 91. Was it 91? Or was it 92 when they inducted Leo Fender? Kind of like our myth and legend. Like, you know, who, who are right. people that we wouldn't have rock and roll without? And, you know, whether people like to acknowledge it or not, Leo Fender had a lot to do with rock and roll. Very Just indirectly. the name, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's see here. Yeah, so I was all about Cool J. But cra- so Kraftwerk, Kraftwerk got in. Like, that's that's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I feel like they're they're pretty, they're, they're obscure, but I think they've had a huge impact on today's music, right? Like, they've been one of those ones that started, like, Kind of, kind of like when you think about like like the waves, like the wave starts as like a drop somewhere, you know, out in the middle of the Atlantic, and by the time it hits shore, it's like this big wave. And I think that's kind mm-hmm. of craft work, right? Um, the Foo Fighters. If Dave Grohl wasn't so fucking awesome, I'd be more upset about that, you know, because this is a band that this is the first time they've been up for it, right? As in, like this, is their first year eligible. I think so. Yeah. So. You know, I'd be way more upset if, um, huh, you know, if, if they if they weren't so cool. Like, I, I was honestly more upset about Nirvana getting in, right? Because Nirvana is in, right? I guess so. I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because there's, there's, I think they were saying, like, this was this is um, his second time going in. Okay, yeah. Girls, girls is the second time, yeah. Yeah, so like Nirvana, yeah, because Nirvana went in when Kiss went in, that's right. And so, I, I, I really took issue with that. Like, I, I don't think Nirvana did near for rock and roll what everybody likes to inflate that they did. And I'm really going to be interested in, like, you know, let's, let's say, so let's see, Nirvana was 94. 
So we're already getting close to 30 years. So like another 20 years, if anybody cares about Nirvana the way they care about Hendrix. Right. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. 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 Is anybody going to be like, oh, Kurt Cobain, man. Yeah. Like, like, no, (laughs) like, like. Now, now, Dave Grohl, Dave Grohl in, in another 20 years, people are like, yeah, Dave Grohl's the fucking man. I mean, dude, Dave Grohl's metal, you know, whether whether he wants to admit it, anybody, I mean, he purposely put together ProBot so he could play with Lemmy. Oh, yeah, know? for sure. He's, he's got the cred. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I can't figure out why, like, a band like Kiss took so long to get in. Why Iron Maiden's taking so, 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 such a long time to get in. Right, mm-hmm. you know, be, because I mean, they're they're they still. I mean, so do you think the problem is the fact that like like how you summed up like is the problem that they're still doing it that they're that they're not has bands? I mean, you know, the Foo Fighters got in, but I right. but I feel like the Foo Fighters aren't even quite Maiden. Oh, they'll never be Maiden. You know, you know, in in terms of that, I I. Maiden, it it goes beyond metal, okay. Like just just Joe Average music fan knows who Iron Maiden is. So why like because I I immediately think so the whole so the whole social prejudice against metal, and I still believe that. But I, I would think, okay, it that it didn't run this deep. Okay, because like just it's the 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 people that are doing the voting should know, you know, the impact that Maiden has, whether or not you care for the tunes or not. It's just it's 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 mind blowing. It's like almost like saying like, I, I, I don't know, like Elvis should should shouldn't be in the rock and roll hall of fame or something like hey that's that's an extreme example but but that's a great example right because i've got the entire classes of rock and roll hall of fame the first class was 86 right that was our first first inductees so in the class of 86 and this is just a a, a selection i'm not going to cover everybody but you had chuck berry james brown elvis jerry lee lewis and little richard Right there, okay. yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. That's fucking rock and roll, like that. That's all of mm-hmm. it, right? And then oh, I get that. Yeah. let's talk about Sidemen. Love them or hate them, because you know the whole payola scandal. But Alan Freed, you cannot mm-hmm. deny Alan Freed's impact on rock and roll. You look at the next class, eighty-seven. Leonard Chess, again, can't deny it. Aretha Franklin, Bo Diddley, Bill Haley, BB King. Hang on, let's see here. Where's another one? Hell, Muddy Waters. Dude, Hank Williams. Not even Junior, but Hank Williams. I'm okay with all those, all, too. Every one of those, yeah. yeah. Because, because so let's, let's, let's skip ahead, right? So let's go to, like, who's the class of 90? Because, you know, we would have been, well, you graduated before me because, you know, I had to do kindergarten twice. That's a whole other story. But, um, so the class of 90, the who, the kinks, the mm-hmm. four seasons, the four tops. Oh yeah, um, I get all that. Yeah, Louis Armstrong, like these are all great, right? All mm-hmm. right, let's let's skip ahead to let's let's just do five years. So ninety five. Hall Ackerman. I don't know who he is, mm-hmm. um, but 
95, Janis Johnson, Joplin, Led Zeppelin, of course. Yeah. Um, Martha and the Vandellas. Dude, Frank Zappa. Oh, yeah. And Neil. So they put Frank Zappa in the Hall of Fame, but we can't get Iron Maiden. Zappa is not accessible music. No, it's not. So that should tell us what's going on with the voting today. Because, Mm -hmm. like, like anyone, but again, like, if we're talking to the fans, right? You may not love Zappa. There's going to be a Zappa tune you know, and you're going to, and, and that's going to be like one of your favorites. Like like one of my favorites, like the one that everybody knows that, um, watch out where the Huskies go and don't you eat that yellow snow, right? Okay. But my personal favorite is Brown Shoes Don't Make It. Um, and it's just, it's it's a horrible song. Like, 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 <laughs> like please don't listen to it and judge me. Like, it's, it's, I like it because it's so ridiculously over the top funny because of what they're what they're doing like it's very tongue-in-cheek it's very satirical because that's what he was about right so you know even 95 so let's let's take a look at 2000 here so in 2000 eric clapton nat king how blaine he was a big deal right Mm -hmm. dude james jamerson like a single person who, who didn't even have like his own stuff but he played on every single motown hit if you've heard a Motown song, you've heard James Jamerson. Like I, I can't deny that. Hell, even Bonnie Raitt and James Taylor. Like I, I can get behind that, right? For sure. All right. So let's see here. We're just going by fives. Two thousand five. So it's like the classes got smaller here. Two thousand five was Buddy Guy, The OJ's, The Pretenders, Percy Sledge, Seymour Stein, U two, and Frank Bar Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. Some of those names don't even ring a bell. Uh, well, the OJs, uh, money, 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 money. Oh yeah, they, money. They, of course, of course, the the Pretenders as yeah. well. Yeah. I was a fan when I was a kid. Yeah, and Percy Sledge, I know too, and I can't think of why. But uh, but like, I'm like, I'm like, okay, it's a smaller class, but dude, Buddy Guy, Buddy Guy should have been in like as as soon as possible because he's another oh. guy who's like, yeah. And and for anyone who's thinking like who's Buddy Guy, Buddy Guy is a blues guy, but he knew and performed with Hendrix. Like him and Hendrix were contemporaries; they knew each other. So if you want somebody that is like of that same vein, you know, because I mean I know Hendrix know for rock, but he loved his blues. So go see Buddy Guy when he's still playing because he's in his eighties and that man can still do it. He can still do right it. on horns up to that. All right, so twenty ten. I think this is where we start. Oh, yep. This is the year. This is the year that pissed me off. ABBA. Okay. Um, I, 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 I get it. I get well, it. Okay. I li- see, here's the thing. I like ABBA, but ABBA <laughs> beat out Kiss. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this, is, this is the first year I remember being like really pissed. <laughs> now, David Geffen. I can get behind that, right? Of course, yeah. Um, the Hollies. That's a pretty good band. But uh, the Stooges, okay, I'm okay with that. Oh, definitely. But like, ABBA. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who Jimmy Cliff is, Otis Blackwell. I feel like I should probably know some of these people, Barry Mann. And then, you know, then we start getting into, when was Rage Against the Machine? Was Rage just last year, a couple years ago? Or no, they haven't gotten in yet, did they? No, they, they no, were they've been on the ballot a couple times, I yeah. believe. Yeah, and and but so I mean I I guess that we still have hope then if if Rage didn't get in, just based on somebody looking for numbers because because I thought that would have been a good band to do it but 
you know, it's like Maiden. They, I mean, they they should be. They they should absolutely. Oh, be. definitely, yeah. Like like absolutely, like because they're really important, you know, and I I feel like at, at least for the genre of metal, like because of Maiden. I mean, really, because of Maiden, I think we ha- is the reason we have prog metal, right? Well, yeah, like, we have a lot of subgenres because of metal, because of Maiden. And I think people who don't like Maiden would like a lot of those people still enjoy Dream Theater, and you wouldn't have Dream Theater without Maiden. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a lot of power metal. I think we wouldn't have without Maiden. That's right. You know? we, have, we 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 wouldn't have thrash metal. We wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, we probably like, wouldn't even have death metal without well, like, it. Like Metallica. Yeah. So if you're a Metallica fan, mm-hmm. but you're not a Maiden fan, which is possible now, you know, that, right. that, that's absolutely possible now. But, you know, you wouldn't have Metallica without Maiden and without the other new album guys. But I mean, no. yeah, like it's it's just, it's a crying shame, but it'll be one of those things where, you know, when you and I turn 60 and they finally make it, um, you know, we'll, we'll be there. They'll still be killing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably. Right. We'll be, we'll be there up in the irons, uh, waving the Union Jack, and mm-hmm. um, and celebrating right there along with them. For sure. For sure. Hopefully, one day Megadeth will make their way into the Hall of Fame. It's definitely a band that I think should, and when they do. Hopefully this situation that Dave Ellison had found himself in will have blown over because honestly, and I think I know what you're, what I'm going to be getting at, yeah. but I think this is just something that um, it's, it's, it's clickbait. It's well, clickbait. It's, it's clickbait, story. but also I think that we're, we're at a, we're at a time where people want to react and cancel because we've got that cancel culture thing going on. Mm-hmm. And and because of like, you know, the Me Too movement, people are very hypersensitive to this, as we should be, right? Oh, so definitely. So I and I, I want to be really, really clear here. I like I support the Me Too movement. I am one hundred percent on board with the fact that this needs to be called out. And if we go back to like it was, uh, the director Harvey Weinstein, right? Like he's the he's oh. the guy that basically blew the doors off all this, uh-huh. and p- people finally started coming forward. But I I I've said this before. I will say it again. Everybody knew it was happening. Everybody, mm-hmm. it was common knowledge and just one of those things that everybody accepted till finally somebody was like no really it's not okay you know because because i remember always hearing about them like how is how, like how is this all right like how is that okay like and and you just always heard people say well that's just how the business goes i'm like what well, how's that okay right and so you know because we're having a shift and where people are like no this isn't okay like I think that the cancel culture, because because there's something separate going on here. Like if you think about cancel culture and and that, you know, the cancel culture is almost like hunters. Like, like you ever, you ever meet the hunter that's doing it just for the kill? Right. Like, Trophy like not, hunters. Yeah, which, exactly. Right. That, not, that's a big no-no. Yeah. Right. Not the one who's like, yeah, I'm going to go out. I'm going to like take care of nature because I mean like a real hunter. Right is somebody who's going to go out. They're going to hunt what needs to be hunted. 
right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, here's what the population is. Here's this is how we need to control it. This is what we need to do because, you know, this is this is the thing here. But then you've right. got like those people that are just they want the kill. They like that thrill, that adrenaline rush. That's cancel culture, right? They get that thrill. Mm-hmm. They get that, and then once they get somebody else canceled, well, what do they do? They have to they have to get a new person canceled, right? So right. Uh, what 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 I thought was impressive is that. The, the girl in question with this came forward and said, nope, um, the allegations that we're saying are not true. I was consenting the entire time, you know, all that sort of stuff. And Dave said, he's like, listen, this is not my proudest moment, you know. So, it, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like and everybody is handling it well, um, as mm-hmm. well as you can handle a situation like this. Right. Um, but, I mean, I, I think the important thing is here is, like, if they're two consenting adults, they're two consenting adults. Right, right. See, yeah. that's that's the key for me. When she came forward and said, no, first of all, I'm an adult, so never mind this grooming an underage fan. Yeah. Okay, never mind all of that. This is something that, that two consenting adults did. Okay, and <laughs> obviously, as a, you know, as a married man who has professed to found religion and all that. And I'm not going to argue whether or not he did or not. That's his own private personal business. Yeah. I honestly think this story, okay, is nobody's business, but Dave and Mrs. Ellefson's, you know, this is their personal business and no, and no one else, you know, it's, he got, caught with his pants down literally literally (laughs) okay (laughs) so that's that's between them and i don't after we have this discussion i don't want to know any more about it well yeah and that's just it like we we, you know we we as the public need to butt out here because i mean yes he's a celebrity but he still needs to have a private life right and then like the, the last thing i'll say is that you know the woman that came forward you know she made a statement like listen leave him alone i'm consenting we're adults i was an adult like like everybody get out of our business. Mm-hmm. I I would just want to take one step further just to make sure that she has not been coerced in any way. Right. 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 Like, um, be, because that, because that still happens too. But I mean, at the same time, um, I know Megadeth has been successful, right? You know, both the Daves have a decent amount of money, but I, I really can't see any of them having the kind of money it would take to shut somebody up. You, right. you know what I mean? Like, like they're not going to—they're not making that kind of money. Yeah, um, and this isn't something that's going to ruin their career. This is going to be forgotten about the second that new Megadeth record hits the racks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I will say, and this has not just happened in the music world and all that, but this has also happened in the pro wrestling world as well. Once you commit these acts, and it gets—you know—and you you commit it you know, to video or to pictures and all that, the threat of it getting out to public is very real. Oh, yeah, dude. And, you know, like it happened to a female wrestler when her and her boyfriend were made a sex tape. And oh, all that. no. Yeah, and it, it, it got out there in the cloud or whatever yeah. that means. I just know that expression and all that. And it has it, it has circulated. And all that. So, and yeah, yeah. On, so. Along that lines, and kind of along this whole lines, what's the first celebrity sex tape you remember? 
Like the the first one I remember is is Tommy and Pamela. Um, probably Tanya Harding. Really? Was that one before yeah. Tommy and Pamela? I, yeah, it was after Tanya Harding. The uh, the uh, what you call it? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. The, 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 whole... fi- the figure skater yeah. that took out Nancy Kerrigan's knee and all that, and oh, her whole... her honeymoon <sighs> sex tape got out, that's and then some right. some, some porno company bought it and released it and i think pre tommy lee as well and i okay wow. this is totally from the hip here because yeah. we i do not have this in my notes sex tapes okay. <laughs> okay. I, it just um, like when, when you mentioned the one with the, the, the pro wrestler like because yeah. because like and, and here's the thing guys um you know, since the advent of the camera phone, you know that oh, sexting yeah. has been going on and people are sending pictures back and forth and all that sort of stuff. And you know what? That's your fucking business. Like, mm-hmm. nobody else needs to see it. Uh, if you want to post it for somebody else, we need to have... Well, I mean, they have a site for that. Like, aren't, aren't there sites where people can upload their own amateur stuff now? I guess so. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, that's I good. So, no danger like, finding you and Mrs. Snowy. Or me and, yeah. you know, Mrs. Aaron. But... The point yeah. being, so right? Stop like, looking, guys. She's not available. Right, exactly. Her. But point being, like, you know, if if that's how you get your jollies, if that's what you want to do, you can do it, and that's your damn business. You know, mm-hmm. like like taking all morality out of it and whatever else you want to say. Like, listen, as long as you're not killing somebody, like, have yeah. it. You know, you're not breaking laws. It's not underage. You're not killing somebody. Have a great time. By you know, all means, by all means. So, yeah. but, but like, like the sex tape thing, like that's the thing is like, if that's what her and her boyfriend want to do, well, okay, let them have that kind of fun. But then of course, you know, like they, you're right. They have to be so careful. But then that got me thinking like, like, you know, these have been leaked for a long time back when they were still done on VHS. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and as the technology increases, it's just easier for it to happen. So it's kind of a cautionary tale here to celebrities. Do do as you will, but the the threat is there. Well, mm-hmm. so now like the Tanya Hardy one, I, now that you're saying that, I'm like, wasn't that actually, because I feel like either the morning show um, locally covered it or possibly Howard Stern covered it when, when it happened. But like, like to get it, didn't you still have to go to like an adult bookstore and buy it on VHS? <laughs> Yeah, because it it got sold to uh, to some adult company, and yeah, they put it out. I rented it. I saw it. I rented it oh, in the back right. the back room of a video store. I'm trying to think of something witty, but I got nothing. <laughs> like I'm really, really. I'm, I'm like, what's something witty I can say? I'm like, yeah, nothing. But like, yeah. Well, you know, then I guess like the Pamela and Tommy thing. I think that's probably the first one that made it to the internet. Um, yeah, that's being hard music fans. Okay, that's... Pun intended, I hope. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. (laughs) I wish wish it was. Uh, It just wasn't (laughs) slick enough, I guess. But as as heavy music fans, that's probably the one that would come, you know, to our heads first. Which, I guess there's a lot of bad puns in that sentence, too. I I was trying to let that one go. I was really just biting my tongue on that one. Trying so hard. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely a cautionary tale, you know. Be careful what you guys are doing. This we this this I I swear this is a creature figure. Or this this is a discussion at some point. You know what what heavy music 
artists we would would like to see make an adult film or a, or, or a sex tape or whatever, since that seems to seems to be a thing. I don't know. Maybe next Valentine's Day. Oh my goodness! So that would be a fun Valentine's Day episode. That'd be right. that'd be a fun one to talk about. But you know, it's funny. Like, and maybe it's just because I'm old now. Because I mean, you know, when I when I was younger, like like I rented those tapes and that sort of stuff, and I would typically rent rent them with whoever I was dating at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but just now as I'm older, I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Like, good for you if you're still making them, but it's your business. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, you been know? there, done that. Yeah. Well, my friend, we had so much to talk about. We're kind of have to gonna have to forego the indie spotlight this week. Uh, but before we do that, um, I, if you don't mind, which uh, you know, you know, it would totally be apropos if we went out on a warlord song because, like we said, oh, at yeah. the hop, yeah, we lost William Samus. That's it. This has been a very spiritual episode of radioactive metal i'm snowy white and this is aaron signing off